Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode 167 of the Audible Farm Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. The Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa. It's some of my favorite coffee. You should check it out. Go to CouchtownCoffee.com. Find a coffee you like, and when you do, you can let them know how you want it roasted. Do you want it darker? Do you want it lighter? Do you want it medium roast? Uh, I kind of get just give them free reign, say roast it however you feel and send it to me. I like to try out some different kinds, some different roasting styles, etc. So sometimes it comes in dark, sometimes it comes in medium, sometimes light, and I love it all. I think variety is the spice of life, and that's one of my favorite things about Couchtown Coffee. Different coffees in there, usually just about every month. So check it out, CouchtownCoffee.com. Find a coffee you like, make an order, and when you do, you can save 20%. By letting them know Audible Farm sent you, just say, hey, I heard about you from Audible Farm. I want to try some of your coffee. Boom, 20% off. That easy. Thanks, Couchtown. This episode, I'm sitting down with Jason Boggs. No, not that Jason Boggs. Yes, that Jason Boggs. There's two of them. Crazy enough as it is, I know two different Jason Boggs. This guy plays guitar in Red Dirt Renegade, and I will tell you what. I was blown away when I saw some of the videos. The band is amazing. The guy is amazing. He he knows a thing or two about guitar, a thing or two about guitar gear. We sit down and we talk about some of his first bands, his first guitar he ever had. Uh, you know, the different styles that people have playing, the different styles people have running their bands as a business, etc. We talk about the sadness of having gear uh, get either stolen or, or kind of wrecked at shows and things like that. And, and the options available to people uh, that, you know, maybe want to have some insurance for things like that. So check that out. It's another fun part in this episode. We do a little bit of gear talk uh, in there early. So if gear talk scares you, maybe just fast forward a little bit. Uh, it gets it gets better. Uh, even though I like doing the gear talk, I just know that other people don't like it as much as some of us do. So check it out. This is a really good episode with a really good guy. Uh, this is episode 167 with Jason Boggs of Red Dirt Renegade. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. All right. Today I'm sitting down with Jason Boggs, not to be confused with Jason Boggs, because there are two of you in the state in the music scene, believe it or not. <laughs> that was one of those things. I, I recall when, I think it was when Matt Woods was like, you need to talk to this guy. And I was like, oh, okay, I think I know that guy. And then I was like, no, I don't know this guy at all. So I had to go look you up and and, and sure enough, there's two Jason Boggs out there. You're not the person that, that owns Boggs Hole Avenue Tavern. You're the... The guy who's shredding for Red Dirt Renegade. Did I get that right? Yeah, I got that right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tried nailed. Googling it a couple days ago because I was like, I think this is the name of the band. And I Googled the yeah. wrong name. And I was like, there's nothing on this band anywhere. It doesn't exist. And, and then I had to go back. I had to go back to your message. And I'm like, there it is. I had the name yeah. wrong. But yeah, I looked up some videos of you. I was watching a handful earlier today. I watched some yesterday. Yeah. You, you guys are killer. Like, thank you. Like, thank and you. I'm not just saying that to be like, oh, I'm the podcast guy or whatever. I was like, man, these guys are good. Every one of you guys are good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's crazy. How long have you guys been a band? Well, yeah. So that, that's an interesting story. All right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, buckle in as I tell, tell a tale. <laughs> um, 
I think we got together to start rehearsals, if I remember right, in I think it was late August of 2017. All right. So the only two members that are still original at this point are myself and Larry Beam, the multi-instrumentalist. And he's, you know, he's extraordinarily talented. Uh, he plays, I don't even want to guess how many instruments, but on stage he plays banjo, steel guitar, and uh, like an electrified sort of dobro thing. Um, Larry's also a two-time Bluegrass Hall of Fame member. Oh, dang. Yeah, no, he, he's he's legit. Um, and, and he sings high harmony on lots of songs. He's a uh, he's really talented, special musician. Um, so I got together with him and a couple other guys. And you know how bands are, you know, uh, little by little, attrition happens. And, uh, you know, at first we had a singer that played bass and we thought, you know, he's got the right look and the right attitude and everything, right vocals. He couldn't show up for practice on time, and he'll remain nameless. Uh, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. Now, uh, that does happen, though. Um, yeah, it does. I mean, it's just the way it goes. So Yeah. So then, you know, little by little, uh, we had another singer for a little while, very talented singer, but uh, a little more stuck on older country, and, you know, I wanted to push it further newer and um you know touch on some of the newer outlaw stuff um my wife and i are big cody jinks fans uh Blackboard, davis i love you know whitey sturgill um you know turnpike lots of those kind of bands um and artists uh, and i wanted to touch on more of that i felt like the older market was being served by some older bands some of that 80s and 90s stuff was being served too but I didn't feel like there was any market locally for some of that more outlaw type stuff. So that's, that was kind of the idea behind it, but we played our first show. Uh, I think it was June of 2018. All right. So, yeah. So yeah. That was and then, almost uh, a year long quest then of like trying to figure out what exactly what you wanted to get out there. Absolutely. Well, and you know, the, to find the right front person and stuff, you know, and then we ended up changing uh, our front person, Let's see, July of 2019. Okay. So yeah, and that was that was a great move. Uh, we got Chad Stutzman, guy with the big long beard. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know that everybody is used to seeing with Red Dirt Renegade at this point. Um, he is he's incredible. Uh, easily the hardest worker probably in the band. Um, you know, as far as just preparation and just hammering stuff. He's also the guy that's writing the songs. If you've heard our originals now. Nice. Um, so, yeah, Chad's super talented. Um, and then uh, the other guys in the band now, I don't want to leave them out. John Parrish on bass, he is supremely talented. It's hard as a guitar player to rate a bass player, but I think he's one of the best in yeah. Central Iowa. Yep. You know? uh, and then we got Jeffrey Stevens on drums, and uh, he's a great fit. He and John have played together um, a lot for like the last 10 years. Oh, cool. So, yeah. That's Jeffrey's awesome. the newest addition. Um, he uh, he basically replaced the guy that uh, um, we had, you know, as the longest drummer, um, Roger Tinsley. Uh, I played with Roger for 11 years. Then we had another gentleman for about 10 months, Dale Rupp, 
um, in between. But uh, Roger, you know, was was kind of the the main drummer for RDR for the longest. But he just wanted to retire. Yeah, you know, I, I respect him for that. That was hard though. You know, when you're used to a certain feel, you know how that is as a guitar player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like I'm getting pretty good at like playing with anybody, but there's still some people where when I sit down with them, I'm like, ah, I gotta adjust what I'm doing yeah. in order to figure out what's going on here. You uh-huh. know? So it yeah. is. I mean, I'm sure they're thinking the same thing too. You right. Know? So it yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah. It's but it yeah. does suck when you lose somebody, especially like it's not like anything bad happened. It was just no. you know he was just ready to be done. He was just re- and, right. And, yeah. You know. Yep. It almost yeah, be easier. If, it almost be easier if he got in a big fight and he left. You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. encouraging that anybody. No, no, no. <laughs> but you know, Jeffrey's been great. He's got a great feel, and you know, he and John played together. They uh, they're real tight together. Yeah. So That's, yeah. I, when I was watching your videos, I did see uh, the other guitarist playing like slide some slide guitar like flying v slide guitar type thing yeah. and he's, he's playing over the top but it's not all just yeah. like boring slide he's like playing leads and stuff with it and everything oh, yeah. you know and it's that was something else that like kind of made me just go wow it's like oh there's two guys in this band that can shred like not just one you know because I, I mean yeah. i knew who you were but i you know i didn't know everybody else in the band and when i'm watching these videos i was just like holy cow um, yeah that's larry yeah that's larry <laughs> bean um and uh, that guitar is called a mellow bar. So um, it's basically an, a dobro, and it's in dobro tuning, um, and it's electrified. Okay. So it looks like a flying V, but it, it's it's uh, got a funny angle on the back, so it, it kind of sits right for him, so he can stand up and play it. It's but it, it's wild. Yeah. Um, no, he sounds wicked on that thing. So. Yeah. I'll put a link yep. to the YouTube channel down below. I'm sure there's some videos up on the YouTube. I think that's where I sure. saw some of them. But I'll put the link down below for that. So you got to check out yeah. the channel, uh, Red Dirt Renegade. You got to check out the channel and look for those videos. They're on there. It's, I mean, just having the two of you guys shredding up there, and it just it just makes <laughs> it for such an interesting combo. You know, like you never know mm-hmm. what you're gonna get. You know, so right um, you know and that's not to say like other like everybody needs three guitars and everybody should be able to <laughs> right. shred a bunch you know like we need to take the song you know can't you see and we're going to turn it into a nine minute long solo fest no it's like <laughs> not like that but but still like i don't know i it's weird because i've when when you see enough bands and you see one that kind of just catches your eye you're just like oh wow that might yeah. be one of my new favorite local bands, and uh, mm-hmm. that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> Especially this afternoon, I was just like cooking through videos, like this is awesome, this is awesome, this is awesome, and I guess I didn't realize you guys had oh, originals. Wow. Are Thank are you, your man. originals available on Spotify or streaming or anything yet? Yes, they are. Nice. Um, so the EP is called Fences to Mend. Okay. And uh, five song EP. Um, we were very lucky to uh, have my old friend David Zolo produce the album. Uh, I think everybody, you know, in Iowa needs to know who David Zolo is. I'm, I'm sure they probably do without me mentioning him. Um, but if you don't, fantastic. Uh, probably, in my opinion, the best honky-tonk piano player in the Midwest. Um, and uh, just a great ear for music. Great musician. Great, you know, mentor type mm-hmm. figure. So, Yeah. Uh, we recorded over at Flat Black in Iowa City. Okay. I don't, I don't and we're planning on doing some more work over there. Sweet. I'll have to check that yeah. out. I'm definitely going to look that up. Um, if I don't have a link for the Spotify down below, it should be as easy as just searching the band name on Spotify. 
which yeah. for some reason slipped my mind. I was like going for videos for some reason, but sure. But that'll yeah. be the next thing up on my playlist queue on Spotify. So I'll be have to check that one out next. I'm stoked Absolutely. to hear that because you know, like you, you hear a band live, you get the phone recordings, you get the best recordings right. you can get with, uh, you know, maybe right. GoPro or pulling in some raw audio somewhere. But I can't wait to hear those studio recordings now, you know, because if I was already that impressed by the <laughs> by the YouTube videos, I was like, oh man. So I'll have to check that out. And I'm not here just to be like, woo, it's so awesome. But I have like seen you play online before. You and I are Facebook friends now, and yeah. and. It, it's one of those things where once you see somebody play a little bit and you're like, oh, okay, this this guy's got some chops or whatever. And then you and I have, have talked a little bit about gear here and there. And, yeah. you know, we're not ones to shy away from uh, diving into the gear that we enjoy, you know. Um, Absolutely. We have slightly different tastes, but I will have to say, like, the tone is uh, impeccable on just about anything you're plugging into, it seems like. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, even Ron Lee King, somebody that's been on my podcast before, has swung down to your place and, and played on some of your gear before, which was pretty cool. I was like, I know that guy, and I kind of know that guy, and they met each other. Yeah. No, Ron Lee is, um, he is off the charts, I, I think, as a guitar player. Uh, his abilities are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like I was saying uh, before we started, he, he's, I think, maybe my new favorite guitar player in the state. <laughs> yeah, um, not, not kidding. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he uh, he had some questions about, you know, some sort of, you know, British-type amps and stuff. And I, I'm, I've been telling people I, I've been leaning more British style, you know, over the last few years, more than Fender. And um, I don't know why my ear just kind of went that way. So um, he came down, and, yeah, we, we played through... Uh, some Lewis electric stuff and some Germino and, you know, some, some companies like that that I'm real passionate about. Nice. And, uh, we, we may or may not have dusted off a 63 AC 32. So, Oh, yeah. sweet. Yeah. I was wondering if you're talking British going like the Vox and, uh, yeah. instead of the fenders, you know, side. Cause I feel like that was one where with, especially with the blues guys, you were either fender or Vox and those were like pretty much the two options. Yep. Um, yep. I mean, even like one of my favorite, I have like a little, a tiny little PV, uh practice amp that i use and that's just mm -hmm. based off of fender champ it was like the main you know the main part of that board so even that it's just yep. like well it's a fender champ that's been modded so sure you know and there's you know nothing wrong with fender amps i mean good grief that's that's where marshall stole their designs i yep. mean you know um you know i i i enjoyed fender style amps for a long time and then at some point my ear just said i don't like 6l6s anymore well <laughs> And I don't know why. It just, you know, clicked one day. So Well, that's kind of weird because I was always EL34. This is gear talk now. I was always going for EL34 tubes. But uh -huh. then, like, I got an amp and it had 6L6s in it. I was like, I'll yeah. give it a whirl. And I was like, I actually Jeez. really like this, you know? And it was, yep. like, by accident. But I, it's weird because I've got another amp that I've swapped them out for 6L6s and rebiased. And then I was like, this doesn't sound as good as with the EL34. So I think it might just be based on the amp you're using though too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't pretend to know enough about circuits and stuff, but for some reason, you know, just the way, uh, that, that upper mid range kind of character that the British amps have, I like that in a live mix. Mm -hmm. uh, I switched pretty hard over to Celestian speakers too. Mm -hmm. Um, and just about everything. Um, just because of that same thing, I like how they cut in a live, you know, mix better. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and they don't seem to fall apart or blow up as easy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Let me ask you this then. What kind of Celestians are you using? 
Oh no, we had a little bit of a freeze up here. What kind of what kind of Celestian speakers are you using? You know, my favorite uh, is the classic Lead Eighty. Oh really? That's not a bad one either. Super, yeah. No, it's super ironic because it was designed for like metal guys. Yeah. And you know, I'm I'm definitely not a metal guy. No, no I, I like no. metal, uh, especially older metal. But I've never been one to want to play that. You know, mm -hmm. it's not my my thing that way. I'm frankly, I'm just not fast enough. <laughs> um, but those classic lead eighties, they, uh, they have just a great clean tone and you can drive the heck out of them and they sound great too. Um, and they're 80 Watts, mm -hmm. so they don't give in as quick as like a greenback. You know, I love greenbacks, but you know, you can only push those so far, yep. you know, 25 Watts each, um, you know, they sound great being pushed, but uh, I don't always love them in other applications, you know. Yeah. So. Let's uh, steer this towards another direction that, so like online, yeah. I, I always see in groups, and I don't say always, but I see in groups often enough where people are like, I had my guitar stolen from a storage unit, or I had my blah, blah, this, that, and the other, or somebody took my guitar from the show we were at, or, or something along yeah. those lines. And it happens. It's like super sad. It's honestly one of my biggest fears, especially like yeah. going to shows and coming back. Like, here's the craziest one. I showed up to a show and a guy had the exact same make and model of a guitar that I had. It was just like a white Les Paul, but it was in the uh -huh. same case. They just had different years and, and obviously different wear markings. And I picked up uh -huh. his case and walked out with it. And and, <gasps> and and the guy like comes running down the street. He's like, I think you have my guitar. And I was like, no, no, this is mine. And I opened it up and I was like, well, it looks like mine, so I flipped it around <laughs> to look where all the, you know, like the buckle rash that I know is yeah, on. I was like, yeah. "No, this ain't my guitar." And he's like, "Yeah, like I, you know, they were sitting right next to wow. each other on the side of the stage." So, like, I mean, even by accident, something like that could happen, and somebody yeah. might not notice. But like, gear theft in general has been something that's like always worried me. And you had a really good post recently about how not terribly hard it is to insure gear just in case you know so yep. uh i mean I'll, I'll i'll i know that you work in the insurance industry so you would obviously know that more than you know somebody like me but like let's sure. let's hear how exactly how easy it is yeah um so yeah i'm an i'm an insurance agent uh for farm bureau uh name of my company is jason boggs agency inc so just get that out of the way um i was a claims adjuster for 11 years before that as well so um, I know insurance fairly well. Um, the big hang-up a lot of times is basic homeowners insurance policies have a limit on how much for specific items. Um, so things like you know jewelry comes up a lot, um, fancy furs, plateware, um, musical instruments comes up a lot. And there's a limit in your homeowner's policy or renter's policy, whatever it might be. And it'll say, okay, we'll cover up to this amount. So for jewelry, it's usually like a thousand bucks. For instruments, a lot of times, depending on the company, um, there's a limit and it varies. Some companies will say, well, if it's just sitting in your home, it's covered by the contents coverage. And that's true on some. Some companies have a limit and it'll be like 500 bucks. Well, if you have... Yeah, if you have a, you know, $3,000 Les Paul uh, or, you know, a, gosh, uh, I think even used 
you know, American strats are probably over a grand now. Yep. Uh, I'm going to say at this point, you might as well just have like a new Epiphone, Les Paul. It's more than that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't take much to hit 500 bucks. Um, So some companies will allow you, if you're a non-professional musician, to get an Inland Marine policy and then put those, you know, guitars in a special list with serial numbers, excuse me, serial numbers, uh, the year and a description of what kind of guitar it is. And then I always recommend to my clients, keep photos and store them off-premise. You know, that way it's not like hard copy photos. I think with the cloud and stuff anymore, you know, it's it's not as big of a deal. But for some of those older school people that might have hard copy photos or something, put it on, you know, the little uh, discs, whatever you call those. You know, plug it in your oh, computer. The, the USB flash drives. The USB, yeah, flash drive. I'm sorry. Plug that in, you know, have your kid help you or whatever. Put the pictures on that. Keep the flash drive somewhere else or in your safe or whatever, you know, to prove what you have. And then obviously update your agent when you buy new stuff. You know, it doesn't have to be all the time. But, you know, if you make big purchases and you want it covered, you better call. Yeah. Um, now, the catch is this. So there's an exclusion in most homeowners and renters policies. This is getting into the nitty gritty a little bit, but it's important. And it says if you make over $1,000, it is a business. So for those that are gigging musicians, if you're playing, you know, more than probably five to ten shows a year, um, you're going to be over that $1,000 mark pretty quick. Um, depending on what you average and, you know, that's none of my business, but people can figure that out pretty easily. So again, $1,000 per year is, is the other catch. So if you have that instrument out at a gig and you've made more than a thousand dollars in that year from your gigs, they're not going to pay that claim. So you have to find an insurance company that will either write a commercial inland marine policy because it's a commercial or business pursuit or, if you want to give me a call, <laughs> um, I can actually help you put it on your homeowners or your renters policy um, because Farm Bureau allows us to have professional and non-professional musical instruments, oh, cool. which is really unique. Yeah. Uh, it's something I really enjoy working with musicians on. Um, they know their gear's covered. Um, there has been a claim that's came up. I can't disclose, of course, client stuff, but he was paid in full. Cool. Uh, he actually had an accident walking into a show. Oh, uh, no. He, yeah. <laughs> he uh, he took a tumble and uh, the guitar snapped. Oh, you know, my gosh. Under his weight. Yeah. And <laughs> it was a, yeah. Uh, and uh, it was one of those where he called and, you know, I'm like, well, we're going to find out, you know. And uh, sure enough, yeah, he got paid and... Um, you know, this doesn't happen all the time, but the Farm Bureau adjuster agreed to give him the parts back, too, so he could salvage some. Because I said, what are you guys going to do with the parts? And they're like, we're going to throw it in the dumpster. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's true. You know, so they had like a box of, you know, scrap wood and some parts, and they gave him the box and his check. Oh, so, neat. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, it's so sad that, oh my gosh, that'd be like the worst. I'd almost rather have it stolen than slip and fall on it and yeah. break it. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a, a bad deal. 
So yeah, scheduled personal property, inland marine, those are a couple things, but you need to really check hard with your agent on what the exclusions are in the policy too. Um, or, you know, like I said, just visit your farm bureau guy or give me a call. I've, I've written plenty of these now. So nice. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that's just your reminder to everybody. If you have gear and you have insurance, hit up your yep. insurance adjuster, see what he says, you know, like get, get a hold of your agent, figure it out. If, if you rent, Yep. I, I'm surprised by how many people don't actually have renter's insurance. I bet, you know, I think yeah. some of it is they're just scared of how much it might cost or whatever. I get it, but it's actually like pretty affordable for some plans. So it might be worth checking out, but I'm not. Yeah. So, I mean, so to give a number on that, and I think it's important, um, you know, a commercial standalone type policy, if you play, oh, let's say around 30 to 50 shows, something like that. So you're more of a you know weekend warrior type. I guess I'd probably fall into that camp anymore too. Um, you're probably looking at like 500 bucks a year, Not you know, with, with gear co- gear coverage plus uh, commercial liability. So for those places like uh, the town festivals that ask, "Hey, can you provide us an, an insurance certificate?" You can say, "Yeah, I've got a million dollar general liability policy." Oh, cool! <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty cool. Awesome. Um, so it, it serves both purposes. So yeah, oh, easy cool. to do. Oh easy man, easy to do. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean anybody out there, and I mean I can speak from experience. I'm one of them weekend warriors, but I, I do know for a fact if you get after it, you can make you know some decent money. You know, just a couple shows worth could pay off all of your all of your insurance right. for the whole entire year. So, yep, yeah, and attaching it to your homeowners is even cheaper. Um, oh geez, you're probably under under a hundred bucks a year to oh attach gosh. it to a homeowners or renters. That, that's why I, I I almost get upset when I see the posts. Because so many of these guys know that I do this, and I'm like, you know, it doesn't take long, and it's very inexpensive. Yeah. Uh, so, but, yeah, there's one guy I saw that got ripped off, I think, two times, and he reached out to me. We did a quote, and he still didn't do anything. Oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, that's... That's like the, uh, I don't know. That's It's honestly like when I go through the internet and I see that, my heart just sinks. I instantly yeah. like, feel bad for the person. I don't even care if you're getting like $100 practice guitars and like $50 practice amps stolen. Like I don't want any yeah. of my stuff stolen. I don't want the $10 stuff stolen. I don't want the 200 and the five hundred dollars. I want none of it stolen. I don't exactly. Want, I don't want you no. to. I don't want you to steal the blown out speaker that's in the other room. Like you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's. the world is a crazy place so yeah uh anybody if you're having you know anything you want to know about that uh ask your agent or hit up you know jason jason obviously knows what he's talking about so um even if you got questions you know hit him up uh make a business phone call um he's available online i know you've posted it on your facebook at least uh so uh check him out online on facebook make sure you get the right jason boggs just yeah, the other Jason Boggs is a great guy. He's probably not going to know as much about insurance. I won't know about as much, as much about the bar industry either. So, yeah, pro- probably. <laughs> touche, touche. Quit pro quo, sir. Quit pro quo. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking earlier, Red Dirt uh, Red Dirt Renegade. Uh, doesn't want to come off my mouth easy. I'm going to have to say it 100 times. But uh, what were you doing before you started that band? Like, were you, were you yeah. always this good, or were you cutting your teeth somewhere, no, or did you just like terrible. did you just pick up the guitar, and start shredding? Like, how did it go? <laughs> no. Uh, so I was a late starter. Um, I got a guitar because I begged for years, uh, and my grandma 
uh, helped loan me the money um, as a kid. I was, I think, 17 when I got my first guitar. Neat. And it has a Washburn Strat off of a guy that, like, lived in Creston. And it had, like, a little tiny amplifier that worked for, like, you know, two or three weeks. No, no. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, my grandma, she she loaned me money. She charged me 10% interest, too which is, you know, super fun, but she wanted to teach me, you know, a lesson about this. That's true. And, uh, you know, it is a good lesson and, you know, uh, I, I paid her back with her interest and, um, yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've been very thankful for that, for the opportunity. I was obsessed with music since I can remember. I remember sitting in front of, you know, the record player as a little kid listening with my parents to whatever they wanted to listen to. I remember singing along in the, the tractor and the truck as a kid. Uh, the one that really, really turned my ear was the Dwight Yoakam Guitars and Cadillacs. Huh. The tape. Uh, Pete Anderson. I, of course, I didn't know who he was back then, but the guitar and the vocals on that album just blew my mind. I can't even tell you how many times I made my dad play that tape. <laughs> so that that was a that was a good one and i watched austin city limits every friday night you know on channel 11 that was that yep. was kind of my thing so yeah yeah i grew up in the country and that's pretty much all we had like four channels and sometimes yeah some of them didn't come in so on iowa right. public television always came in crystal came in, clear right yeah yeah, yeah. oh man so i yeah, yeah I've, I, I've watched my I fair share in- yeah, I grew up in South Central Iowa, Garden Grove, so, you know, tiny town. Our Channel 5 didn't come in most of the time. That was the other one, like Fox and Channel 5, which would be yeah, ABC. right. Like, neither one of those yeah. came in most of the time. Right. So. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so that's like, I don't know, not to get off topic, but I grew up and I was always like uh, an AFC guy in the NFL because I never got to watch the NFC because right. Fox never came in, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> that's so know. true. But... Yeah, I mean, that's really cool. I mean, growing up and having somebody around that, you know, was willing to, I mean, sort of purchase you your first instrument, but make you earn it right. at the same time, you know? And, Absolutely. I mean, yeah. as weird as it sounds, that's oddly parallel to like what my parents would do if I like wanted a big purchase. By the time I was old enough to make money, they were like, well, save the money and buy it. And when I did, they'd mm-hmm. be like, they'll be like, I'll pay for some of that. And it's like, because you actually went out and saved all the money up. And it's like, Right. Well, that's neat. You know, you're pitching 20 yeah, bucks on huh? this. That's super cool, you know? So yep. it's kind of their way of rewarding, you know? And it's it's super cool because it, it, I bet it made you want it that much more than just having somebody just hand you a guitar and being like, this is oh. yours, you know, whatever. Yeah. Happy birthday. 100%. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and there was, you know, nobody around there, you know, that I knew of that could show me, you know, much of anything. Um, so... I was a really terrible guitar player for a long time. Um, <laughs> gosh, I think I think the turning point for me was around 21, I think, I met Bob Pace. Oh, cool. And um, I might have been 22, I can't remember. Early 20s, I know that. I was old enough to get into the bar legally. Yep. And um, Bob was so nice. Um, he gave me some lessons for free, gave me quite a few, actually, um, because I and I didn't have money. Um, 
and uh, he had heard through the grapevine that I could cook fairly well. Um, so I'd have Bob over, I'd cook him food and, uh, you know, down home kind of country food or barbecue or whatever. And he'd give me a guitar lesson and man, I learned a ton That's and awesome. I, I can't thank him enough for that. Well, I'll tell yeah, you what, and then, he's, he's stellar. Um, as crazy as it sounds oh, like yeah. I've, I've got to hear him a fair amount by playing at the gas lamp on the late shows yep. on Fridays. Cause he plays the early yeah. show or is it Saturday? Yep. One of those days Friday. on the Friday. Yeah, it's Friday afternoon. Yeah. He, yeah. he yeah. is the band on Friday at the gas lamp in Des Moines for the early show. Yep. So like five till nine, he's up there rocking pretty much. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I've got to see him a handful of times. Dude's insane. Very good. Yeah. He was uh, he was kind enough to refer me for my first band, uh, Backstage Boogie Band. That was like a 60s soul R&B blues kind of thing. Um, I learned a lot, um, you know, and, uh, then I started my own band, the Eldorados, uh, and we played rockabilly music and I did that till about 2015 or so. And then I, I got on with Randy Burke and the prisoners at the state fair, I think in 2015, his guitar player left. And then I, I was Randy's lead guitar player for I think about a year and a half or two years, something like that. So yeah. That's cool. That's kind of the path. It sounds like yeah. it sounds like you get to try like a handful of different styles uh along your along the way and not just, mm-hmm. you know I, I guess I know you most predominantly as like a country and blues guitarist. But sure. you know yeah. like you said, you got some more older R and B and soul type stuff in there originally, yep. which is pretty cool honestly oh it's great music i love it that's so fun to play I, yeah i got to do uh, one of those shows last year uh, just as a one-off uh, and uh backing up brie edwards she's a really great jazz singer around town and uh just some phenomenal musicians uh sanchez bell was in that and emile miles and tim hammett and we had uh, some horns and, and different players but that, that was really fun and like i said it's just a one one-off kind of show but to play those parts, you know, for 15 songs, pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. And I think that's, like, understated, too, as far as musicians go, is is playing different styles. You know, going to jam nights was something that really mm-hmm. opened my eyes because I could play, like, at one point yeah. in time, I could play, like, metal, punk, and b- blues. And I was like, I could fit in yeah. with anywhere. That's pretty much the gist of it. And then you have to really, like, yeah, you can play with these folk and country guys, but you got to kind of bend what you're doing to fit what they're doing. Otherwise, yeah, right. otherwise you're going to get in the way. So yep. I had to figure it out, you know, pretty quick. But then, uh, you know, you start going to different jam nights. It's like, well, this guy likes to play funk songs and that guy likes to play jazz. And it's like, I'm just going to have mm-hmm. to try to keep up with my like minimal knowledge on this stuff, you know, and you start to realize like. I used to think like, oh, country music's easy. And it's like, well, no, no, <laughs> not really. Like some of what those guys are doing is pretty crazy, you know? And it's like, some people might be like, punk music's easy. It's like, I don't know. Like some of that's kind of hard just to play power chords the whole time, yeah. just like nonstop and palm muting and all the other. Yeah, that's so, not easy either. Yeah, everything takes its its own stride to be able to get good at. And um, is there like anything that you have like played along the way, getting to where you're at now that you're like, I should probably spend more time doing that. Or do you think you really enjoy the Avenue that you've kind of gone down? I'm really enjoying this Avenue a lot. Um, right now. Um, it's so challenging. You know, I see 
I mean, anytime I need to, a case of, uh, you know, humble, um, you know, I, I, uh, <laughs> I invite a guy like Ron, like King over, I guess, <laughs> but no, I mean, truly there, there's so many great players around town, but, uh, you know, there are less country electric guitar players around. It seems like, um, so a lot of times, you know, you got to get your knowledge off of, you know, online YouTube, you know, pay for some lessons or whatever. I'm, I'm a member at six string country.com, which great website, pretty inexpensive too. Cool. Um, so yeah, I, I like what I'm doing. I'm, I'm trying to get, you know, better at uh, hybrid picking and, you know, uh, more, you know, just, it's always more. It seems like they're, you feel like you get somewhere and then it's like, wow, but I'm still not there. Mm-hmm. You know, are you, you know, like for me, you watch Red Volkert, you know, for an afternoon. It's like, wow, I think I should just burn all of my Telecasters and never play that style again for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's like the best and worst part about hanging out with people more talented is you can learn new stuff, but it also makes you just want to go home and just make a big pile and light it on fire. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I don't know. It's just... It's such a weird double-edged sword to just go out there and do that. And like you said, you, you don't see mm-hmm. yourself progress because you're playing all day, every day anyways. Right. But if you re- yeah. but if you do uh, recordings, whether or not they be like cell phone recordings of like, some sort at a live show or whatever it happens to be, and you go turn around and you look back at it like a year later or whatever, and you're like, oh, I have actually grown a little bit. I've come a long ways since then, you know? Sure. So, yep. I mean, yep. I, I've only been playing like what I would call like country style music uh live uh for like a year and uh at first it was like really 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 leaning into the blues area when i was playing along and now i'm starting to figure out a couple different licks and different things i can do to country it up some and yeah the the phrasing's getting better etc and i mean that was i mean that was honestly the most humbling thing because it was just like this isn't as easy as i thought it was going to be you know oh yeah no it's it's a it's a steep mountain to climb. It seems like to me, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, uh, you know, I, Matt Woods and I talk about, you know, the different blue styles and how you can just really get lost and going down those rabbit holes too. You oh, know, yeah. I mean, that guy, he, he'll hate it that I'm saying this, but I feel like he's really mastered <laughs> yeah. a bunch of different blue styles at this point. You know, he's not just good at them. Like he's mastered some, Oh yeah, uh, which is really saying something. Um, yeah, I'm, and it's it's hard work. I mean, you know, he he puts in the time and plays the shows, and you know, he's he's putting in the work to get there. You know, just like anybody else, that's that's great. You know, I mean, I can name off you know other guys. I mean, one I always think of, I, <laughs> I've always said this around him, uh, James Bean, um, who is you know a beautiful human being as well as just a phenomenal musician and a great guy. Uh, I will not play slide guitar in front of him. <laughs> I just refuse. <laughs> that oh that guy has, has mastered slide guitar uh, inside and out in every which way. Um, so yeah, yeah. There's there's some really really top notch players around Iowa. You know. Oh yeah. I mean, it oddly reminds me of the time when Ronley was on the podcast. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he drove up to my house to be on the podcast, and uh, he's like, well, let's play a little guitar before we do the interview. 
And so mm-hmm. I, got, I got a guitar. I hooked him up with one. I turned the amp on, and I got it where it's set where he wanted to go. And I'm going yeah. to get another guitar out. And he's like, and I was just like, I don't want to play anymore, dude. And I just like <laughs> just closed my guitar, and I was just like, I'm done. Let's just do the interview. Like I don't, I'm good, you know. <laughs> and it's funny because when you ask people like you, Matt, Ronley, Jeremy Ober, I don't care who it is, how'd you get so good? It's practice. It's obvious. It's it shouldn't be a yeah. question. It's obvious. It's practice. I mean. Yeah hours yeah i mean hours of frustration (laughs) yeah and the worst part is like when you first start out like i think back to when i first started and how many hours i spent practicing the most mundane stuff but you got to have the building blocks somewhere you know i'll tell you the one i remember the switching from a g chord to a d chord (laughs) and getting like fast at that i'm like it yeah. seemed like I was learning to walk or something. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, am I ever going to be able to do that? <laughs> it was just, yeah. That's, I can't tell you how many times I played that wrong, of course. Oh, it's gold. That's, <clears throat> I, I give guitar lessons on the side, and that's like something that, like, right now I'm going over with a student because I'm, he knows all the chords, he knows where everything's at. I'm working on getting him to switch faster. And, yep. and the G to D and the oh. C to D were the two that he's just like, this is such a long ways for my fingers to move. And I'm like, oh, it's awful. It's yeah. horrible. And it's, <laughs> it's funny because I always think to myself, like, kid, this is easy. But it's like I've done it a billion times. Right. And whenever I need a reminder, I get a left-handed guitar out. And I'm like, oh, this is how they feel. <laughs> so, uh-huh. I mean, because my brain knows where everything's supposed to go. It's just mirrored on the other side and i still can't right. do it because i don't have the muscle memory so I, I always have to like humble myself back to that mm-hmm. um that might be my next parlor trick i might set aside the right-handed guitar for a while just to learn left just to be, have people be like wait what are you doing like i don't know i just think, think it'd be funny bob pace did that for a while what <laughs> he did you I, should look videos. that dude started playing left-handed for a while oh my yeah. gosh and he, he's really good at it. Oh. I, I, yeah, no, I know. It, it, it's just sick. It, it almost really upsets is. me, but I wouldn't expect yeah, anything it, less out of him. Well, it upset it upset me, too. The first time I saw him do it, like he switched hands in the middle of the show. I'm like, oh, come on. Really? <laughs> it's not even fair. <laughs> no, and like he played a few songs that way. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> right? That's so, so funny. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a stud. Uh, I should hit him up. I don't know. He's probably a busy guy. I wonder if he'd be on the podcast. Oh man, because like I said, I'm sure he would. It's so nice to know that he's also a nice guy though too. Because like I said, I've yeah. seen I've seen him play, and I hate to say it, but you know, you see talented people, and you're like, oh, I don't know. Hope this guy's nice. You know, right? I'm not. I'm not yeah. gonna go say anything to him. I'm scared, but I hope he's nice. And then you hear that he's a really nice guy, and it's like awesome, awesome. Yep. So that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I, I've met some of my heroes, and they weren't so nice. And that, uh, that was disappointing. It's happened a couple times. Um, yeah. But also, I think to myself, like, with some people I've met are, like, world-famous people, where, like, yep. I got the opportunity to hang out with them and spend some time mm-hmm. with them. And then you realize, like, everywhere you go with this person, they're getting mauled 24-7. Right. It's like, oh, right. that would be tough to be nice all the time. Yeah, too. right. So right. I always try and tell myself, maybe there's an isolated incident, you know, sure. where uh, – yep. You were the person that met this person after they had to shake hands with somebody that sneezed in their hand or something, you know? So they're just like, they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. 
Like uh, one of my favorites was I went out to eat with somebody once. Um, that was, and I'm not gonna be like, hey, it was a pro wrestler. Everybody knows who he is. Sure. But but I go out to eat with this guy, and uh, he gets pancakes, and he's like, "Do you have maple syrup?" And she's like, "We got syrup." And he's like, "Yeah, but is is it real maple syrup?" And she goes, "It comes in a real jug." And he was like, "A real jug?" And he's just like, "What does that even mean?" And I was I could feel him like getting close to like ungluing, and then he was like, "Oh." Uh, yeah, I'll just take that. That's cool. You know, it's like, right. uh, so funny. So I don't know. It would, it would be rough to be famous, even just like a slight bit famous. Cause I don't want to be like, you know, Bob Pace is like famous, but you know, kind of. Right. No, so, I agree. I totally yeah. agree. Uh, I would hate to be famous. I like being <laughs> able to walk around out in public. Well, talking about fame, let's talk about you playing at Woolies. Who hasn't, everybody's been to a show at Woolies. We've all seen tons of bands play on the stage. What was it like? to go to Woolies and play on stage. So that was not my first time actually for, for myself. Um, oh, wow. So when I was with Randy Burke and the prisoners, we opened for mm, at least three or four different national acts. So I played lead guitar for Randy and, and was on stage at Woolies too. Cool. Um, Mickey and the motor cars are one of them that we opened for. Um, I'm, I'm like 99% certain we opened for Turnpike Troubadours. And then embarrassingly enough, I didn't know who they were at that time. <laughs> so I didn't stick around for the show. I went home. <laughs> I, um, oh but uh, we done... opened for a couple others, you know, too. And, and so I'd done that a few times, but it's super fun. You know, great sound system, big stage. You know, you, you feel like important for, you know, a little while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, but you are. I mean, because you're up there. Not everybody gets to play on that stage, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was an honor, definitely. Your two, yep. your Turnpike Troubadours story reminds me of like I've been to a bunch of like really big concerts and like handfuls mm-hmm. of times I've skipped out on the openers because I don't know who they are sometimes or whatever. You're running late or I, you know I just got to make it by the time this band plays or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you start to find out like five years later that band is now in you know headlining to and you're like ah i could have seen them back then and i didn't i missed Mm -hmm. it you know so i've been in those shoes before maybe not quite like you where i got to open up for them but um yeah i mean that kind of taught me a lesson like i used to i try my best to like always catch a little bit of every band on every show i play at too just for that simple fact where like Mm -hmm. i've been surprised sometimes too where it's like oh i'm not leaving i'm watching this whole show you know like i'm not leaving at all you know which has happened you know it's pretty wild especially when you like play across the state and then you gotta like drive home and then unload the car and then wake up early in the morning go to work and it's like yeah it was worth it these guys were awesome you know (laughs) um but having our own show that was um i was stressed uh i I was real i was super stressed out about it because you guys headlined Um, that show right yeah we were the only band on the show that night um the only all just you know one of our people to come see us and um yeah, we played two, you know, sets as strong as we know how to play them, and um, we're lucky enough to have Zolo sit in on keys for five songs, uh, which was an incredible honor to look to my right and, hey, it's David Zolo playing keys. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and he absolutely ripped up the five songs he played with us. Um, so, yeah, actually, no, excuse me, played played seven songs not five seven yeah and um but yeah I, I was nervous uh turnout was double what we expected oh that's awesome 
we were hoping, you know, for a certain number and, um, and yeah, we, we ended up with double that and the merch sales went really well. Um, you know, red dirt renegade t-shirts. Gotta get me one. <laughs> Gotta get me one. Do you have them for sale online? Let me ask you that. Not really. All right. Um, Gotta go to a show. Yeah, I need to go to a show. I mean, we we can get you one though. We'll we'll talk on on Messenger here. We ne- we can arrange that. Neato. No <laughs> Neato. Um, but yeah, we had uh, the the EP. We have hard copies for sale. We only ordered a hundred. Um, they're going pretty quick, <laughs> um, which we're thankful for. And um, we have koozies and uh, decals too. So yeah, and then some. Um, Chad made these, uh, really cool, <laughs> like South Park type, uh, images of the band. Oh, cool. Uh, a few years ago, that was something, you know, people did and he got a really, really cool detailed picture of the band in like South Park style. That's cool. He, he, you gotta see it, but it's, it's pretty awesome. He's, he's extremely talented on graphics and design and all that kind of stuff that I have no idea about. Um, you, you found out how technically illiterate I was just by being like, Hey, I don't know how to do a Skype. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. However, I will say, I, I told you, you could download it as an app and you were just like, cool. I just downloaded it. I set up an account and I set up a meeting and I'm like, okay, this guy knows how to do stuff. He's just lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. Oh, and that's cool to have different people in the band taking care of different things though, too. Cause I feel like, yeah. you know, that is also something as believe it or not, as weird as it is, that kind of goes into choosing who's going to be in, you know, in the band is like, yes. Can you play? Yes. Can you show up? Can you do all this stuff? But like, can you do anything else? Like, it's not like you have to, right. but, no, but can you, you know, can right. you, can you run sound for shows that we need someone to run sound for, you know, or right. can you yeah. help lug some stuff around or whatever it happens to be, you know? Right. No, that's a hundred percent correct. You know, <laughs> if you can't, uh, you know, do something else in a band. I mean, I hate to say it, but how valuable are you really to that band? You know, if you're not helping promote, um, at the very least, help promote a show. If you're in the band and, hey, you're the, I don't know, say you're the drummer or the bass player, promote the show. Like, I don't care if you're in three other bands. Promote the show you're playing that week. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're playing multiple shows, Promote them in the order you're playing. Yeah. You know, work on your Friday show first, promote your Saturday show afterwards. I don't know. It's not that hard. I mean, Facebook makes that pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, but to me, I think that's, that's one of those things like marketing. Um, I, I'm real passionate about marketing, you know, um, and promo. And if you don't toot your own horn, nobody's going to do it for you. That's true. It's very you know. true. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I agree 100% with that too. Cause I, I remember hearing once on a different podcast. I, when I first started this, I was trying to find other podcasts that talked about local music or bands trying yeah. to like make it and stuff. And one thing, yep. one thing I remember hearing on one was like the only way to not have something in the band, you know, like if you're the guitarist, the only way to do nothing other than play guitar is if you are undeniably good at the guitar, which is like, yeah. Which, yes, you're talented, et cetera, but, like, are you so talented that, like, if you put a p- video of you online, that they'd be like, 
I need to kick this guy out of my band and take him on tour because uh, I got a world tour coming up. Like that's yeah. how good we're talking like Clapton good or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In a country setting, you're talking like Albert Lee or Vince Gill, you know, kind yeah. of sickness. And I'm sorry, you know, there's nobody around here that's that good. Yep. You know, I mean, that's just, <laughs> it sucks to say it. It's the way it is, but you know, I mean, it does, it also helps to yeah. like, just like you said, get on Facebook and, and share an event or, or yeah. something. Just try something. Right. Um, it is rough being in bands with people that like don't use social media, but I also get why people don't yes. use social media because I didn't sure. for like five years. So. Right. You yeah, know, I get that. I get it. But, you know, but I think it's almost weird, though, too, because like bygone are the days of handing out flyers like. If you handed someone a flyer, sure. they'd be like, what is this archaic thing? And they're like, yeah, I cut, a, I cut right. a tree down and then stained it with ink. And they're like, what? Right. You know, so I don't know. I guess it is what it is. But it's uh, it's another thing, though, too, like in a macro sense, like your band, it's not like you have your band has like 3000 likes on Facebook and you don't have mm-hmm. 3000 likes because you're inviting 3000 people to like the band. It's because no. it's because you guys are good and people notice, you know, so there is some also some merit to just being good. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So yep. not not to throw the people that are good under the bus, you know, like I said. Yeah. So, some right. of us just might have to work at it a little bit harder than others. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I, I guess I feel like that's me. I feel like I need to work at it a little harder. Uh, you know, you know I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel like I'm at that level that I can just sit back and be like, oh, people just show up because I'm that great. Nah. True. Honestly, it's, very it's, true. It's too much other stuff to do. I mean, you know, I know how easy it is just for myself. If I have a weekend off. Uh, just being with fam or whatever, it's easy just to say, you know what? I want to sit indoors and watch Netflix mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever it might be. Yep. Uh, so to motivate people to come out to your shows and, you know, try to give them a, a good consistent show. I don't know. I think it's important. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's the other thing. Like sometimes I think we come off as the no fun police, um, but we don't allow much drinking in the band on stage. Um, because we've all had bad experiences with other people that have drank too much and ruined shows, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> and you know, we try to stick real hard to our set list and, you know, boring stuff like that too. Yep. Uh, I know it, it's not fun, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. You can, sometimes I think you can either be good or you can have fun. Well, <laughs> I, I, you're bringing up good points though. Like, can you drink beer on stage? Yeah, but can it get to be too much? Yes. Like, yeah. Could you take requests while you're on stage? Yeah, but is there a point where it could be too much? Absolutely. Yeah, so right. like uh, by well, saying it's, you're it's, the no fun police, it's it's I think you're just saying like based on my experience this is probably one of the best ways that works for me and I agree with you yeah. wholeheartedly honestly. <laughs> like Right. You know. Yeah. Um, well, I mean nothing worse. I mean one of the <laughs> one of the worst experiences of my life on stage was having a drunk drummer. Ooh, I see where so, it could be passable with some other instruments, maybe. Sure. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. The lead guitar player could probably be drunk if he knew when not to play. Ah, <laughs> you bring it. That's a good point. Right. But <laughs> but the drummer is on everything. Yeah. You know, and this guy. Here's what happened. He was so drunk, he was playing a drum beat, and all of a sudden, I see his head go down, and he crashed oh no (laughs) right into his stuff and i'm just like we're getting paid for this gig and he is so drunk he just fell down oh this is not red dirt renegade this is way back 
Yeah, um, well, uh, younger people will make those mistakes, though, too. Well, this wasn't a young man that did this. This was a guy old enough to know better. Oh, and, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, no, no. This was not a 20-something-year-old. This is like a 50-something-year-old. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. And I, I was just I'm like, nope. I don't want to be in bands that, that drink like this, you know. Like you said, maybe you can have a beer. Maybe you can have a drink. But let's not, you know think we're greg allman said it one time he said it real well he said you know i always used to think that i would sound better when i would have uh, a brandy before a show well then it turned into well i just have a bottle of brandy and then he heard the playback of those shows and he's like i sing so much better sober <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't know if greg allman sings better and sounds better I don't know. I, I I think a guy with my talent level, which is far below his, probably is not going to sound any better heavily drunk. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I also do want to say that, like, I've said it before on the podcast, but, like, being in a band is is you get out of it whatever you want to get out of it. Like, some yeah. bands some bands want to have the party band with the party yes, atmosphere. absolutely. And it works great. I've been to those shows. Yep. The bands are awesome. The environment yep. is awesome. I get it. Yes, it is. Yeah. But, uh, and that's perfectly legitimate, too. You're exactly right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, some of my favorite music, I mean, I was in my 20s, but some of my favorite music growing up, like, from, like, local-ish, like, underground bands were, like, those sure. types of bands, you know? And it was awesome to go yep. see them in dingy little bars and just be like, just going nuts and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but I don't know. Yeah. I also think some of it's a time and a place, too, though. Like, if, right. you get, if you're getting paid money to show up to be a certain, you know, set of professional, you should probably, like, at least meet the standard, but... Um, right. I mean, far be it for me to say how anybody should run their side business, or I'm using air quotes for people not watching the video, sure. which is a lot of you. Get on that Patreon, watch the videos. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. <man>. Sign up. <clears throat> it's a dollar a month. No, I'm just, it is a dollar a month, but that's okay. <laughs> so I, I do have to like just reiterate, I, I said it in the beginning, like, you're a really good guitarist. Watching your band actually play in video form was just like, holy crap, these guys are all really good. So if, once again, if, if you haven't heard them, check them out. I'll have a link to some social media, the YouTube channel and such down below. So everybody check that out. Um, you know, and I, I also love like meeting people. I, I feel like a lot of you guys are built of the same ilk. You know, some of my favorite guitarists in the state are people that work hard and they understand that like you know what they want to get out of something and they're goal oriented and i, I feel like that's you you know so yes. uh, i i appreciate you taking time out of your day because you could be playing guitar right now you know i <laughs> appreciate you taking some time out of your day to sit down and talk with me um you know i hope to catch one of your guys's show sometime it would be really cool i know you have uh at least one show coming up i saw on your facebook so if anybody's looking for show, upcoming shows that'd be the place to catch them i'm assuming yeah miss kitties um, yeah, that was the one January I saw. January fourteenth, I think. Yep, I think that's the next one. Yeah, yep. I've seen some pictures yep. of uh, some of my buddies playing at that place. Looks yeah. amazing. We love EJ. He is a great owner. Um, he's a big supporter of live music. Yes. Um, you know, and, and we appreciate what he's doing. It's it's really great. We've we've had a nice partnership there. Yeah. So okay. yeah. And honestly, I appreciate you having me today. This is really nice. Yeah, so thank it was, you. It was a long time in the works. I, I'd love to like go back and track down like when did we become Facebook friends, or when did when did Matt <laughs> Woods tell me to hit you up, you know, or whatever. Because I even right. think like 
maybe at some point in time you might have even given me some music recommendations when I was asked looking for some online. I, I made a post, so like, I mean, I th- I think it was you, but like that that might have been like the infant infantile state of me and you getting to know one of each other yeah. on, online. So, uh, you know, and, and another thing, like it comes right back down to it. Uh, I said it earlier in the podcast, you know, you, you meet people and you, you hope they're nice. And, uh, you were another one of those guys that's just like, this guy's actually a nice guy and he's good at the instrument and I, I like oh. him. So, uh, pre- I appreciate it, man. I really do. Um, so everybody check out the stuff down below in the descriptions. Jason, do you have anything else, uh, you'd like to add before I, uh, end the recording? No, I, I think I'm good, but thank you very much again. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Jason Boggs, one of the good guys in the music scene. Uh, that's for real. You know, I mean, there's there's a handful of people I look up to in the music scene as far as their, like, talents, their abilities, you know, the things they like to do. Uh, you know, he's it's not like Jason plays full-time music. He's got a real job and everything else, too. And there's a lot of guys out there like that that's like, how are you so talented when you have a full-time job and all this other stuff going on? Well, it's a work ethic. That's what it is, you know. And it's cool to know that some of the people I look up to in the music scene look up to one another. And uh, I think uh, Jason was the second person on this podcast to say that, you know, Ron Lee King might be one of their favorites in the area. So uh, uh, not trying to pump up Ron Lee too much, but, you know, uh, hats off to him. It was cool to see those two guys uh, got together and played some instruments. Both of them, believe it or not, were wowed by each other's prowess of the instrument. So I was, it was just kind of fun to be like, ah, oh, these two guys, I kind of know both of them. And they're both pretty awesome people, and they got together somehow on their own accord and, and played some music together. So hats off to those two guys. It's really cool to see the music scene kind of bridging together in some fashion or another like that. So hats off to those duders. Uh, such a fun time. Such a fun time. And speaking of fun times, this episode was great. It was cool to you know see that he had to work for his first instrument and, and how hard he's come. And, and you know he knows what he wants out of the band. And he knows what he wants out of the music scene, and he's he's setting goals and attaining them, you know. And that's that's uh, an admirable quality for somebody to have. So hats off to you, Jason, for doing all the work and 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 getting out there and getting what you want out of out of your music. So, I mean, hats off. It's uh, you know, it's also nice to know, you know, somebody like him is also open-minded. You know, we we're not blind to the fact that there are other options out there available for people that want to jump in the music scene, but. Uh, you know, it's uh, we did voice a little bit of our opinion on some of that stuff, but at the same rate, I don't think uh, we're wrong. You know, everybody can go do whatever they want, and I think that's one of the best parts about the music scene is you can play different styles of music. You can play different venues. You can play to different clientele. You can play private shows. You can play public shows. You can only play bars. You can you can do whatever you want. I mean, there's no limits to any of this. You can you can go whole hog and <clears throat> you can like hire somebody to run sound and lights and the whole nine yards and go super professional with it and and or you can just kind of just do it off the cuff and do it all from home and DIY it and I don't think there's anything wrong with any of that so as long as somebody's out there making music that's some of my favorite like I I'm blown away by how many people I've got to play with over the last year you know and how many people it, it's just so much fun so uh, hats off to everybody out there making music and uh, I do want to say thanks once again to Jason for taking some time out of his day to sit down and talk with me you know uh, hats off to you Jason I know you're a busy guy, a working individual, and I, I mean, sure you'll be humble about it, but at the same rate, uh, you do a lot of work out there, and, uh, you know, I wasn't kidding when I said that when I first saw the band, I was like, holy cow, these guys are good, they're all good, and, uh, that's the truth, so check out all the links down below, go check them out when they're in your area, 
Um, I think we said Miss Kitties was the next show coming up in January. So check that out. It's on their Facebook, I know for sure. So check that out. It's on Facebook. Some of the videos I referenced are on the YouTube channel. There are some on Facebook. I'm not sure if they're on their Facebook page, but there are some videos of them playing online on Facebook as well. So check out the videos online. Uh, I, I will have to say 2022 is going to be the year where I'm like, I'm going to check this band off my list for sure. And it's going to be Red Dirt Renegade. So uh, I got to go check them out live somewhere. I don't care where it's at. I'm going to rustle up some buddies and we're going to go down and come see you guys live. So hopefully we'll see you guys at a Red Dirt Renegade show sometime soon. If you guys are looking to support the Audible Forum podcast, you can do so non-monetarily by listening to the podcast. You're doing that right now. If you want to also support non-monetarily, you can like, subscribe, share the episodes everywhere uh, on all social medias. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's streaming everywhere. You can stream anything. You can stream the podcast right now from Facebook, as a matter of fact, which is really cool. Uh, I just got that hooked up in the last couple weeks, so check that out as well. And uh, I, I got to say thanks to everybody for listening. The podcast is always going to be free, but if you want to pay a little bit of money for the podcast, you can watch video versions. It costs $1 a month. It's on the Patreon page. Check it out. Uh, I think I'm going to run a holiday special for everyone that's been a, a patron of the podcast over on the Patreon channel. So uh, subscribe before December's over. I think I'm going to throw a little discount code up there for everybody. That's uh, that is a patron. So uh, thank you guys for being a patron, the ones that are. And if you guys want to watch the video versions, they're available on Patreon. I'm still debating whether or not to release the older episodes. Uh, I do have some episodes that are a little over a year old on the Patreon. I might start releasing some of those like a year after they're they're done with. I don't know. I'm still debating on that. Uh, check out the Patreon. Otherwise, video clips are available on the YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. And I think that's about it. Oh, check out the Audible Farm shop. Shop.audiblefarm.com. We've got t-shirts there and stickers, keychains. Uh, hopefully, maybe eventually some more hoodies. I don't know. we got all sorts of goodies. Check it out. I'm out of here, everybody. Uh, thanks, Jason, for joining me. Peace. Peace.